Support comes from Empower Missouri's Week of Action with in-person and virtual advocacy training for affordable housing, criminal justice, and food security initiatives March 25th through 28th. Registration at empowermissouri.org WOA. Republicans have struggled to capture St. Louis County's countywide offices for the past several decades, especially as Democrats expanded their foothold in Missouri's most populous county. But GOP County Executive Contender Paul Berry III believes that disgruntlement with incumbent Sam Page's administration gives him a fighting chance. Berry joins us on the latest episode of Politically Speaking. Let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, the definitive show about Missouri politics. It's a little complicated in Bolivar because there is a Parsons family there. But we also knew that it was important to make sure that that we got to where we needed to go. You know if you walk in a room and you're getting ready to make a decision and everybody in the room looks like you, you need to stop. And right now what happens in the United States Senate is as critical as anywhere else in the country. I really want the state to succeed. We want everybody to uh, know that we're all working together. I just worked hard to try to build my name where I didn't have the money. And welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, St. Louis Public Radio political correspondent Jason Rosenbaum. Joining me via Zoom... Using this magical internet technology, we have the Republican nominee for St. Louis County Executive. Paul Berry III. Hey, what's going on, St. Louis Public Radio Nation? Thank you very much. This is your second time on the show because this is the second straight time you have been the nominee for your party for St. Louis County Executive. Let's talk about COVID because I think that is the biggest issue in this campaign. It was the biggest issue during the primary. It's still a big issue in the general. Um as we've kind of talked about on the other county executive shows, County Executive Page has enacted a number of restrictions on businesses. He's put forth a mask mandate, which we'll talk about in a minute, has actually been expanded. If you had been county executive, let's say in March, how would you have handled the COVID situation differently than County Executive Page? There's a few points I want to make, and I want to give one thing to Sam Page that I don't think the other candidates did. Um, and I know this because I'm a leader in everything I've ever done in my life, from lowly sports to running businesses. It's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback, okay? And, you know, I'm going to get into some very direct uh, disagreements with Paige, but I do think the listeners need to understand that this was a crisis that none of us really understood. But I, from day one, uh, when I saw that this uh, virus and this pandemic got to Europe, uh, Sam Page should have started preparing, and he did not. We could have went out and bought a million masks at five cents a mask and had stockpiles of this stuff. But Sam Page, even being a doctor, sat back and did nothing. I guess he thought the federal government or the state government was going to bail St. Louis County out. We're not a jurisdiction of a 1,000 people. When you have a million people under your charge, you have to almost think ahead as if you're a nation state. You know, there's countries with a million and less people. And when you're fighting for resources, not just against the federal government in different countries and different states, but jurisdictions like New York City and Los Angeles. So the first thing I would have did different is I would have got on the email. I would have told every employee that had a county credit card. I'd have told them to meet me in front of the large rules county building, and I would have sent them to buy supplies. 
those are the people that know me out there in the private uh, industry know that I did that for not only my businesses, but we bought PPE for nurses and police officers who didn't have the ability to get it through their jobs, but they were still told to go to work. Now, I'm not a completely wealthy guy. We spent some thousands of dollars on it, but we were able to do that early. We went to paint shops. We went to any place that we that would normally sell this to the public. And we purchased it from Sherlyn Williams. And Sam Page sat back. So the next thing that happened is we talked about setting up a COVID center. The very first COVID center was set up in the uh, city of Chesterfield. Now, of all the candidates that are involved in 2020 election, I got more Republican votes out of Chesterfield or more votes in, in, regardless of party in Chesterfield. And you know what the voters told me there? Why would they set this center up in Chesterfield when we have access to cars, we have access to doctors, and we're going to have poor people coming in from North County that this is their only option to get a test? And for me, it didn't seem smart when he did it, but I didn't want to piss off my Chesterfield supporters, and so I started inquiring to see what they thought, and that's what they told me, the same thing that I thought. So Sam Page goes, and he shuts basically St. Louis County down under the most restrictive shutdown, I think, with the, throughout the state. City was in line with us, but I would even say that the county went a little bit further. The issue that I have with Sam Page, and this is a very serious issue that needs to be addressed, is in the Black community, the African-American community, the nonprofits like Care STL and Affinia Healthcare and other organizations, not one dime of $174 million in CARES Act funding was given to any of these organizations prior to the primary election. The day before the primary election, around 500,000 was pledged, when it's pledged doesn't mean you got it, this is they're gonna do it, was pledged to CARES STL. So every day, throughout the day, I hear Sam Page repeat himself on how this virus is affecting African-Americans and low-income and disadvantaged people, but yet not a dollar of the CARES Act funds went to those organizations providing those no-cost services. And I take issue with that. If you look at the federal, if, if you look at the federal and why the money was appropriated in the first place, it was appropriated for the purpose of testing. So, so let me go to another aspect of this, the $174 million. The first that I heard of it, that they decided that instead of having the county council approve the funding for uh, distribution of CAREX funds, a couple council members in San Page got together and decided that they were going to create a committee in order to determine the best use of those funds for the community. Yeah, and just for our listeners, just to make sure they understand a little bit about that, basically, the council voted to create this committee, but basically give Sam Page the ultimate decision-making authority about where that CARES Act money came from. It was a very controversial move. It was it was said it was done in order to get CARES Act money out uh, as quickly as possible. And that's the problem here. Uh, that money did not go out to those African-American communities for testing, while Sam Page simultaneously on, on a daily basis says that that's why he needed that authority. So what I suggested to the county council by testimony was to give Sam Page authority to 10%, 17%, 
$6.5 million uh, to use for immediate purchases and let the council, the elected people. So if you live in West County or South County, you don't have representation on how that CARES Act money's being spent because quite frankly, you didn't elect Sam Page. South County and, and, and uh, West County is where most of the Republicans live. The council is 4-3 Democratic and the county executive is a Democrat. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you look at the city of St. Louis, they appropriate through their board of aldermen. When you look at the state of Missouri, they approved it through their general assembly, through special uh, sessions to get it done. I am unaware of any jurisdiction in the United States of America that did what Sam Page did, and it set us up for failure. One of the first things that Sam Page announced before, you know, we, we just talked about months and months going by without spending a dime on testing. He wanted to give $2.5 million to be dispersed by each council person in lumps of $15,000 to businesses as determined by the council. The county council is there to appropriate money. They are not an executive branch. They're not set up to even accept the applications. Are you going to have a system where each council person has do they set up a committee? Do they decide themselves? And after dealing with the corruption of Steve Stinger, we all looked at his appropriation of the $174 million in CARES Act funds as a de facto campaign slush fund to uh, try to appease councilmen to support him. I vigorously fought that. Um, so they decided that they were going to not listen to me. They were going to appropriate it. They said it was an emergency, but they didn't spend the money where it needed to go. To date, uh, and let's switch to schools. I'm going to fill in the blanks here, but I want to talk about schools for a second. So the, the county executive by statute has no authority over schools or school districts. So the school districts in the St. Louis County had all came up with various plans that fit their mode for the community. In my opinion, and I'm very specific when I make a claim, um, but in my opinion of talking to school board members and superintendents and people that really can't get on the record, they felt like they were being pressured by St. Louis County to go 100% virtual. Even, even, though, even, though that's their, even though it's their decision to do that and the county government can't force them to do that. That's what you've been hearing. Yes, correct. And let me let me add one more point to to be fair. Okay, the health department and Page as the executive have the right to have an opinion on what goes on in the county. Okay, so it's not that he can do it by mandate, but he is in his right. Okay, to say I'm trying to I got this big ball of wax I'm going to deal with. I have employers. I have schools. I may not have authority over the schools. I may not have authority on another side, but he's within his right to have an opinion. My issue is, is that his opinion's wrong. So when you look at what's happening with the schools, uh, the when I talk to my friends that are donors and supporters and their doctors, all their kids are doing in class. And let me tell you why, because they're paying for their kids to go to private schools, which have stayed open. Sam Page to date has not provided any coordination or PPE for private schools that are operating in St. Louis County. In my opinion, why is because he doesn't support their decision to be open. Therefore, he's not going to utilize his attention or resources to help them. And I think that's a very tragic and serious issue for our religious schools and our, and our nonprofit schools that are operating in St. Louis County. 
Well, let me just interject for a second, because I want to ask about another thing that uh, County Executive Page has implemented pretty recently, and that is a requirement for children over five to wear a mask and also the ability for businesses to refuse uh, people from entering without masks. I'm going to play a clip now from Sam Page explaining the rationale, and then I'm going to have you respond to it. Well, we have to get compliance up, and actually um, a lot of that was based on feedback from complaints. And... Um, you know, we um, have had over a hundred or so complaints of uh, businesses not following our mask guidelines um, uh, with um, not necessarily through In fact, we see wide compliance with employees for the most part, employees wearing masks. But there's a lot of concern in our community that, that there are still some places where folks go in and out without wearing a mask. Now, a lot of what we've seen since our masking order four weeks ago is most national franchises uh, most businesses that have a national footprint have, on the national level, required the enforcement of mask mandates for people to come in their stores. So I have two questions for you. What do you make of these new restrictions? And what do you make of the fact that there is a mask requirement? And the reason I'm asking the second part is there's a lot of Republicans in St. Louis County that do not like the fact that there's a mask requirement. His authority is, a, is first, is over government. And he operates as the CEO of St. Louis County. So keep that in mind when I explain this. So a private business has every right to require somebody to wear a mask to enter their business. I as county executive would not have ordered Sam Page to require that a Snooks uh, grocery store uh, utilize a mask. Um, if I felt like that it was necessary within the health and safety, you get the CEOs together and you figure out where they are on that. The average citizen has the right to determine whether they think they need to wear a mask or not wear a mask. Uh, when we get into things like, and this is where it gets tricky, okay? When you get into things about the safety of the employees, um, that is a balance between the state, the county executive, and the, uh, and the business. So for myself, uh, I am not a person that believes that um, in this instance that I need to tell a bar that has 10 people in it that you have to wear a mask. Okay. I just, I'm, I don't support that as being the solution because I don't think the data supports it. So you, so you would say like you, you wouldn't require them to do that, but maybe you would just say, use your bully pulpit to say businesses, you should, require people to wear a mask because it's the right thing to do, but not penalize them if they don't follow through on it. Well, what I would say is I would put the data that I have in front of the CEOs and like, like you have a national chain, you have a regional person. So you get the regional people in there and you say, look, this is what the health department says. You guys are a big corporation. I'm interested in the data that you have. Okay. Because sometimes corporations have bigger resources than St. Louis County. And I think that by the national chains deciding they want to do it, what I have found from Republicans is that ones that don't like that mandate, they go shop somewhere else. So there's a balance that the businesses have to have. The lot of what we're facing now is because we didn't address this when the funding was there through the unemployment and things like that to get this down. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and the reason why that we have to have this stay at home order is because St. Louis County didn't have any N95 or surgical masks. You see, if we had had the mask, Jason, in the first place, 
and I did a you know a 21 day shutdown while the government was paying for it. There had been some people in my party that had been pissed, but we were the came out of it. The city of St. Louis out hustled us in every way, shape, and form to get resources and PPE. All Sam Page did was wait to see what Parson was going to drop out the sky. And 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 had we did that in March when the public opinion about it was. There was some pushback, but honestly, all of us didn't know what was going on. Right. Now we're months and months and months, and they've seen all these screw-ups, and they're just like, you know what? I'll take my chances because I'm going to lose my house, or I'm going to lose my business storefront, or I'm going to lose my health insurance because I can't afford it. And we screwed up by not taking it on the chin in the beginning. But they couldn't have a mask mandate in March because there were no masks. We had nurses that there was an organization called One Million Masks, and this Republican guy was involved in it because there were people at home that were taking brawls, turning them into masks so they can give them the nurses. Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of what we're doing now, the good doctor, in my opinion, um, he may be a doctor, but his execution and understanding of how people it, it, it re- respond in a sociology way. He doesn't get it. And now we're in a situation where we got schools going back. He wants to issue masks and let me get to the five-year-olds. Uh, I'm not a big fan of putting a mask on my five-year-old. I have talked to several doctors that are experts in this, and some of them can go on the record. Some of them work behind the scenes and can't. And what I can tell you, in my opinion, Jason, I do not feel like COVID-19 is a threat to school-age kids. I think that the threat of school-age kids catching COVID is the community spread. And each kid and each family needs to look at their own risk factors, okay? If you reside with two parents or grandparents that are 70 years old, and this is your sole provider, maybe you need to be doing virtual learning for what's best for your family, okay? If I got a kid that has a very bad home life and their only oasis is going to school every day, maybe the risk of them catching COVID uh, does not outweigh the risk of them staying at that abusive house every day. Mm -hmm. Now, as a Republican, and again, to just be really honest, because you know my policies more than your listeners, and you know that I am for limited government, but I am trying to articulate the issue as as enjoyed by the people that we're discussing, which is the African-American community. So to say it a different way, I may have different solutions, but to your listeners, I'm trying to convey what the problems are, which Sam Page just doesn't get. We'll be right back after this break with Republican nominee for St. Louis County Executive Paul Barry. And we're back on Politically Speaking with Republican St. Louis County Executive candidate, Paul Barry III, a Republican. I want to talk with you about both crime and the protest movement decrying police killing black people. We've talked about this on the show for six plus years since Michael Brown was shot. We've also discussed it extensively with the four Democratic candidates for county executive. I want to get your perspective on where St. Louis County should go from here, because you are a Republican, so you may have different uh, ideas but you're also a black Republican, so your ideas may be different than white Republicans. So I want to hear your take on this issue. Well, thank you for the question, Jason. Uh, first and foremost, we need to talk about 
when we talk about police killings, I want to first talk about the killings of African-American men. Uh, in the state of Missouri, you're more likely to die from murder in the state of Missouri, not just the St. Louis area, in the state of Missouri than any other state. If you look at St. Louis City, they have topped the murder uh, capital of the world title more times than I can even count at this point. So there's issues with uh, law enforcement killing African-Americans at a higher rate, but there's also issues amongst African-Americans being killed by everybody. Now, I want to talk real general here, and then I'm going to talk about some solutions. Uh, in my personal opinion, there's a devaluation of African-American life. And it's not just law enforcement. It's in the medical field. It is in the ways that African-Americans treat other African-Americans. It's in the sentencing when you kill an African-American. You know, if you look at the city of St. Louis, time and time again, people are getting 10 years for killing an African-American. And when the white lady from, you know, that was a student at WashU got killed over cell phone, that gentleman does life. So I think that the devaluation of African-Americans in across the board in violent and nonviolent ways does translate, honestly, into a few in law enforcement. So again, one other point I want to make before I get into solutions, the problem that we have in St. Louis County, the state of Missouri, and the United States of America is we have a problem with stereotyping. All African-Americans are thugs. All Trump supporters are racist. All Biden supporters are loony. You know, that, the, the idea in, in, a, in racism is a stereotype. We have to get out of this mind that you can look at somebody and by their appearance, you can categorize who they are, what they're about. And I think that that is the core issue across the board. Because I cannot say that all Trump supporters are racist, because quite frankly, there's a lot that support me. And I cannot say that, you know, all Biden supporters are loony because, quite frankly, I have many friends that support Joe Biden. And our diversity is what makes the United States great. But the problem that we have is that we don't respect each other enough to just, not, just treat people as human fiends. You know, there's good black people and bad black people, good white people and bad white people. So to turn those statements to what's going on in Ferguson, I am a big supporter of protests. I've been an activist for several years. And the issue that I have, that I see, is that, you know, the Constitution, your rights by the Constitution stop at my nose and toes. So what that means is if you protest and you are not trying to damage property, you're not trying to injure people, you have every right. I hate the Ku Klux Klan, but they have a right to protest, okay? There are some black protests that I don't support the motivations, but they have the right to protest. Trump supporters, they protest and then the Tea Party, which is the extension of the Trump supporter. I don't always agree with them, but they have a right to protest. So I think there needs to be a red line between protesting and actual committing crime. Uh, I'm, Jason, you're familiar with Cori Bush, right? Of course. Of course. Oh, yeah. So there's one thing that um, Cori Bush taught me. And as you know, politically, we don't agree a lot on public policy. But there's something that she taught me. And when I was, you know, when, when this all kicked back off with George Floyd, 
there was a lot of different moving pieces. You had the McCluskey's, you had things going on at Ferguson Police Department. And I was talking with Corey and I says, Corey, I said, I'm 42 years old. I still listen to rap music. I have teenage kids. I feel like I understand what's going on with the youth, but I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish without a very specific set of agenda. And I inquired to her, you know, how are you getting through to these kids? You know, how are you getting through to these 20 and 30 year olds? And you know what she told me? She said, Paul, it's not about the public policy. I love them though I care. And when they understand that I care, what they understand is whatever happens, good or bad, it's not going to happen to them alone. Yeah. And I want to interject. Yeah. I want to interject about another thing Corey Bush has told me. She has pointed out that there seems to be this reflex among a lot of Republicans to just say all cops are good and they should be protected at all costs. But what she pointed out is that standard is not used for other professions. She's a nurse. And she pointed out it would be ridiculous if you said all nurses should be absolved from all criticism, especially if a nurse is doing something wrong. Well, let me answer that, because I believe that there is some truth to what she says from a general perspective. Without us having all the facts, and honestly, we all listen to our different media outlets and we get the stories the different way, okay? Listen to CNN, listen to Fox News. Each person that listens to each one is getting different information about the same. Now, this is what I will tell you. With the death of George Floyd, I have never seen Republicans being willing to criticize law enforcement the way that it's been done since George Floyd has died, okay? I I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Like, you actually had sitting Republicans that were saying that this was wrong. And I don't believe that it was the protests that pushed them into it. I think they genuinely just felt that way. But that's the problem, and that's what I was getting at as far as the stereotype. You know, my sister is a city of Florissant police officer, and she stands on that line when those protesters are out there. And she's been called the worst names in the world. I mean, she's been completely attacked. As I said before, the stereotype, good or bad, is what's causing the issue. And when I talk to cops, and I have a lot of uh, cop supporters you know, I do things for back, uh, uh, backstoppers, back to blue causes. And you know what rank and file cops tell me? That there are two problems. Problem A is that when there is a bad cop, because of liability, they're usually protected by the system. But the other counterman to that is the community goes on full-on assault on a police officer when the cops being assaulted didn't even work that day. So I think both sides have a real um, legitimate gripe here. And as county executive, I plan on bridging that gap. So what do I mean by that? In St. Louis County, if you kill somebody and it's unjustified, even though I'm not the prosecutor, I'm going to have an opinion about it. And if a cop has to kill somebody and their life was on the line, I'm also going to defend the law enforcement officers from being attacked when it was a justifiable shooting. Mm -hmm. Now, as our current county executive does, you hear him say nothing on these issues because he says it's not his problem. And that lack of leadership is what's destroying our region. We have to get to a balance where we can say 
no, you don't break down the windows of Kathy's kitchen because some cop did something bad. Because Kathy's kitchen is not owned by a cop. It's not owned by the government. And it's a black-owned business. But yet you're saying that you should damage this black-owned business in the right of racial equality. Jason, I just can't agree with that. So you mentioned, so, but you mentioned solutions earlier, and I want you to kind of get to some of the things. You mentioned speaking out. You obviously, St. Louis County Police Department is, is overseen by the St. Louis County Board of Police Commissioners, but the county executive can have influence by appointing people to that board and by telling that board what to do. I want you to provide some of the solutions you were alluding to earlier, and I think you were about to get that before I rudely interrupted you. We have to get the community to bridge together, and there's several things I think we can do to instill the trust that the community's uh, needing and at the same time respect law enforcement officers. Uh, One thing we have to do is we have to humanize the population that's having issues with our law enforcement. We're a law enforcement community. What I mean by that is a lot of times young African-American kids whether even if it's not directed at them towards law enforcement, they have a lot of bad experiences. You know, mom gets locked up for traffic tickets or dad has an issue and the cops have to come by the house or their big brother goes to jail. And I want to utilize some of the Prop P money to create a small stipend for law enforcement officers that engage in community activities during the week, even if it's like five hours of hosting a little league football team or a baseball team. We got to get our young African-American youth and cops dealing with each other other than interactions as cops as in potential suspects during an investigation. That is key. The second thing we need to do is I want to create another small stipend out of Prop P money that will be dedicated towards giving stipends to law enforcement officers, whether at the municipal level or the county level, that have certain certifications in mental health. You know, I am not uh, a, a, a defund the police guy. Even though some of my policies I, I have that line up within their, their same scope, as a county executive, I would not be a great advocate to get cops on board with my platform, which is necessary. I would not be a great advocate for that if I simply state that my policies are to fund the police. So, you know, while it, it might sound catchy, I have to take the grown up route and say, you know, and if there was a situation that said to fund, you know, young black kids by taking away any you know, special services that they got, I wouldn't expect African-American community to support me. So, you know, it would it, be easy to be able to run on those things. But quite frankly, I have to take the adult approach. And the last thing with Prop P money, it was designed for law enforcement salaries so we can have two-man cars in St. Louis County. That has not occurred. And in fact, Sam Page now wants to cut 100 police officer jobs at a time when violent crime is up 19%. I want to switch gears to another topic that's been in the news, and that's the dismissal of Hazel Irby as the director of the county's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Unit. I know she's a Democrat, but she has a lot of fans, I think, not only within the black community within St. Louis County, but I think pretty much everywhere. I'm going to play a clip now from Sam Page where I asked him if Irby's departure was related to the fact that she wouldn't outwardly support him in the election. This is what Paige had to say earlier this week. Uh, you know, I've talked to Hazel a couple of times since the election, and I'm really not going to get into, you know, accusations and any wild claims. But um, I would say that 
Um, you know, my, my philosophy and my perspective on how we needed to move forward with minority participation was different than hers, and that difference really was the driving factor in, in my decision to put someone else in charge of that department. Um, I think that uh, the person that we have there now, Kenny Murdoch, is extraordinarily well qualified to provide diversity and equity and inclusion training within county government, and we will begin a national search to put a separate person in charge of minority participation, and we'll build that program to be identical to the ordinance. But I really don't want to you know, go into any more detail or back and forth about why we're making a change. Um, everyone will make their own judgment. Everyone has their opinion about you know, uh, who should be in charge of what, but we're going to make a lot of changes. We made five or six new appointments last week. We'll be making more in the coming weeks, and we'll be um, putting new people in new positions in county government. So I want to get your reaction to the move, and I want you to respond to what the county executive had to say. And the thing with uh, Hazel Irby in that position, when the whole community was looking upon her to implement and execute the first minority participation ordinance that St. Louis County has, she was hamstrung by Sam Page the entire time. No budget, no funding, and a lot of Hazel Irby's duties were being stripped away uh, just week before the primary. Now, the issue is, is that you have a community and a nation that right now is looking at all forms of racial inclusion and equity in government. And Sam Page decides to take the most prolific woman in my political lifetime to champion that in St. Louis County um, and throw her by the wayside. And he says in his in, in the what well, the clip I just heard that his vision and her vision doesn't line up. Well, Sam Page, after just having the primary election, never even expressed his vision on anything related to minorities. So you know, I just think that you know I know Hazel pretty well. Um, I don't want to get too forward on her on this statement, but I will say that she's not going to be utilizing this issue to assist uh, myself or any other candidate to beat Sam Page. And the reason being is, is that she wants to keep credibility on the overall issue. But I will tell you that, as you said, Hazel Irby has many supporters, and there'll be some announcements coming up on that shortly uh, regarding their support for my campaign. And that's all I can say on that subject. I want to give you a few minutes to talk about anything beyond COVID, beyond crime, beyond race relations, and beyond minority participation that you would want to do as county executive. I gave the other candidates that opportunity. Take like five minutes to explain some other things you'd want to do as county executive. Well, there's one thing I can tell you. Sam Page's style, and then maybe it's just because of the type of doctor he is. I wouldn't say all doctors fit in this category. He is reactive instead of proactive on every issue. From ordering masks to figuring out what the next economic development project is in St. Louis County, he feels like things should just be dropped on our lap. Uh, I am disgusted that Sam Page did not seek a bid for the new Space Force location. Uh, the, it's a new branch of the military, and they're looking for an installation. And quite frankly, Kinlock would be perfect for it. And I could, re I could have revitalized Kinlock off of that project. St. Louis County didn't even put in a bid for it. They surrendered that bid to the city of St. Louis. When I look at MSD, Metropolitan Sewer District, 
Why is it that St. Louis County has three board seats and the city of St. Louis has three, but I have three times the amount of population that the city of St. Louis has? Look at the convention uh, commission. We spend almost 100% of our dollars, our sales tax dollars that come from hotels in the city of St. Louis for projects. You know, and we have five board seats and the city has five board seats. What I plan on doing as county executive is making sure that our voters are being treated fair. We passed and it was put up and people really weren't educated on this bill, but we put up an additional $20 million in sales tax to fund the, the zoo operations. And the city of St. Louis didn't even put up the sales tax to match us. And some say, well, Paul, you know, we're going to build a breeding zoo in North County and this will create a lot of jobs. Well, I can tell you one thing I can tell you about uh, black kids in North County. They're 16, 17, 18, 19. And white kids also, in fact, <laughs> they're not qualified to breed animals. OK, I could build that zoo off of sponsorships and, and partnerships with, you know, University of Missouri Farm Extension, but they don't have any creativity to, to save money. And that same $20 million that we're utilizing to fund the city, uh, I can tell you that I am starting a defund the zoo uh, project. And what we're going to be doing is figuring out a way to use private money to pay for the zoo, because apparently the private money doesn't want to pay to help me and others, you know, set some wrongs and fix, this, fix some things in North County. Sam Page is not a bad man. You're going to see a lot of ads. We'll be attacking each other. But I don't consider him an evil man. But Sam Page does not have the creativity or the leadership to lead a million people, neither through a crisis or to the next evolution of this county. Economic development, my number one goal of economic development is to turn St. Louis County into the e-commerce hub of America. I can get goods through rail, through river, through air, and through trucking quicker to anywhere in the 48 lower states than any other place in this country. But Sam Page isn't focused on that. I can take the crime rate and I can reduce it by taking dollars and creating after-school programs and mentorship programs, Sam Page isn't focused on this. He just wants to write a check and let Urban League or NAACP figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, he wants to have a diversity office, but he does nothing to empower the people in that office to be successful, and he wants to do a study on a study on a study. The people cannot wait. And most importantly, Sam Page does not have the ability to bridge North County football moms, South County soccer moms, and West County baseball moms, all under the same flag, which is St. Louis County. St. Louis County is quickly becoming a very Democratic county. Republicans have not had a lot of success winning countywide offices. You lost, I think, last time to Steve Stanger by, what, 18, 19 percentage points? Yeah, uh, I lost by about a little bit less than 90,000 votes. So oh, I do see the dynamics different, though, this time, because Sam Page only won the Democratic primary with 38 uh, percent. There could be people that really don't like him or don't like his covid response or don't like some of the upheaval in his administration that the jail director resigned uh, while we were taping this episode. 
What's going to be your strategy to convince Democratic voters to vote for you? Because I think if without certain crossover voters going to your camp, I don't think you can win. You can't just win with all Republican votes. How are you going to win this race? Well, absolutely. And the, the let me just give you the raw numbers because you always respect the data. I lost by a little bit less than 90,000 votes in the 2018 uh, general election. Turnout was 68%, which is comparable to a presidential election. The reason why turnout was so high because of the Josh Holly versus Claire McCaskill race, which got votes out. When Rick Stream ran in 2014, he only uh, there was only 38% turnout. Uh, when turnout increases, those are usually Democrat voters. So that's saying the plate for you. So let's say that based upon the 2018 baseline, uh, there's a 45,000 vote swing, which means that I have to take 45,000 Democrat votes from Page to become county executive based on the 2018 model. And that comes out to in North County, there's three registered voters for every household. So that comes out to about 15,000 households, let's just say 20,000. There are 20,000 households right now in North County that do not support Sam Page. Steve Stinger did a lot better than Sam Page will do in South County because uh, Stinger was a politician. He was a home kid there. He served on the council district. Nobody in South County or West County has ever voted for Sam Page in a general election, and he has never been voted to represent any of those people. What I see happening is that there is a groundswell of people that are not voting based upon what their party's telling them to vote for. Lacey Clay and Cori Bush is a prime example of that. You know, when you see protests, and, and, and I know we're talking about the city, but just for the point, when you see protests at Lyda Cruson's house, those aren't Republicans that are going down and protesting her, okay? There's dissension in the Democrat Party, and the reason there is, just like there is in the Republican Party, but we're sort of out of that cycle. This is the same thing that happened with the Tea Party. There, there becomes a time where people get tired of electing the same people that keep on breaking the promises to them. So the thing that I enjoy is that there's a few uh, media outlets that will say, well, the election's over. They didn't even take the analysis that you give in, in being fair to both sides, but we'll let them keep doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, the, the Missouri Republican Party is now involved in my fundraising. Um, there's going to be some announcements from the African-American, the Indian community, and the, and the Latino community regarding my campaign. And there are, the, I, I think the most critical issue in West County and South County right now is the school issue and the little league sports issue. And I can tell you that uh, through the campaign and some releases we're going to be making here shortly, that there are big differences on my trajectory for St. Louis County and what Sam Page has done. So we appreciate Sam for stepping up to be the appointed St. Louis County executive. And I've tried to be as reasonable during the COVID. I didn't want to, you know, uh, Monday morning quarterback him on every issue. There's things I'll say on Facebook, but most of my attention was actually on my, Mark Mazzavani. I left Paige alone, but we're, we're, we're down in the election time. We have 60-something days, and I'm going to, quite frankly, have to put to the people an alternative 
to what I believe is the dysfunction of St. Louis County. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for all of our stories, stlpublicradio.org. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. How can people learn more about your campaign, either on Twitter or any other parts of the World Wide Web? Oh, absolutely. Barry, B-E-R-R-Y, for stl.com that's very for stl.com and you can also check out our facebook presence it's pretty easy to find and all of our policies in my agenda is actually there we got we had a great 45 minutes to an hour to cover some things but there's much i didn't get to cover just read and see if that would be best for st louis county and your family thank you thank you very much and until next time so long A lot.